Hi, I'm Senat von Flipper und Arcade Museum Seligenstadt and the Formies mit Only and you're listening to Scene World Podcast. It is the Scene World Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. My name is AJ. That's Jörg over there, with me as always. Hello! And that means that this is... The Scene World Podcast. The Scene World Podcast. Yeah, in just a moment we're going to be on with Lau Brex. He's making a um, a drop-in replacement keyboard for the 64 and the reloaded and, and all that. And it's got, you know, nice switches and, and all this stuff. But we'll... We'll talk to him in a moment about that. Um, in the meantime, or in the meantime, before we do that, wow, this is going to need editing. Before we get to that, we'll go through some news, I think. There may be some, yes. some things to talk about. Yes, the new Atari system, VCS, is on Indiegogo, and within a night, it went over 200% funded. Um, so people are wondering... If that is anything useful, um, it's personally, just a, it's just a, a an x86 game console, right? Yeah. Huh. So personally, I didn't no. pledge for it. No. I will wait till it's coming out. Yeah, I'm not. Um, it's a cool thing in theory, but um. And, and you know it looks the part. It's got the cool wood grain and and all that. But at the same time, it's it's an x86 console that you know is is powered by steam. I think so. That's that's everything. Well, okay. On the other hand, there is a slipstream being released. A what? A what? Slipstream okay, is a clone for um, Outrun. Right. And it's a Steam game. Okay. And it's very, very good. I have to say, I really enjoy playing it. It really feels like Outrun. Is it, um, is it a modern remake of Outrun, or is it very... Um, retro graphics. It's, it's retro graphics-y? Yeah. yeah. Let, me, let me see. Done, I'm looking it yeah. up right now. Done by a Brazilian... Oh, yeah, that's very retro. Done by a Brazilian game design studio. Mm. Okay. Indie development studio. And it, it, there is a Mac version? Not sure, but could be. There, there is. I'm looking at the system requirements. Well, then requires, there is. Requires 64-bit processor, Mac OS, Mac OS 10.9, 2 gigs of RAM. Wow, that's a lot of processing. That's a lot of RAM for... Okay. Well, it's not that. It's not um, how to say. It's not that old that it would be coded like an old game. Yeah. I guess. <clears throat> anyway, I'm very happy about that. It's one of those Dutch projects huh. that I um, really love. Cool. Yeah. What? What else? The IDE64 project announced on their blog earlier this month that um, all units are 
sold out of the IDE64 controller, and they are considering if there's enough interest to make a reproduction for this year. Hmm. So maybe okay. maybe everybody who's um, interested into getting one should write to them that they should reproduce them. Another yeah. bet. Yeah. 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 yeah speaking um, of so stuff like that, the uh, add-ons, the FM Yam has been... They've met their production cost, I guess. They were... Um, once they, they reached the an amount of money that they were hoping to get, they were going to put them into development. Uh, the FMEM, I don't... Did we talk about this before? We did, but okay. not that they are reproductioning it. Right, right. So it's a, it's a, it's a cartridge with a, the FMEM chip, which is um, what was used in... It's a Yamaha sound trip. Sound, sound trip. Sound chip, which yes. was used in the AdLib back in the day. Right, right. And it which was, was, was the first, used in a... Originally, it was used in an AdLib card. Oh. That was the first a gener generic sound card for PCs in 98. Mm -hmm. No, sorry, um, 89, 87. Right, right. It's the YM3812 chip. Yeah. Also known as the OPL2. It was yes. a chip created in, by Yamaha in 1985. It was used in the AdLib, Sound Blaster, and Pro Audio Spectrum. As well exactly. as arcade games by Nishibitsu, Toa Plan, and others. Exactly. So, so that's... There's... We don't have it. I don't have mine yet. Did you? Have, you don't have one, do you? I'm, I'm still waiting, like right, you. Right. Right, I, I just got an email saying to... that they they're looking at a uh, summer this year. Yeah, so okay. That's, that's their goal. So, um, but there's there's a couple of videos we will link in the podcast description. Um, Miss Mad Lemon has a very good um, overview of it on her YouTube channel, and we will link to that because if you want to know anything about it, that's a great way to learn about it and to hear the kinds of noises that it makes. Yeah, I saw it. It's it's very good. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a thing. Um, hey, I just I went to uh, the uh, Vintage Computer Festival East a couple of weeks ago. How was it? It was it was interesting. It was not as um, not as packed as it was last year. Uh, there was last year there was a huge Commodore section. Like I mean, the main hall there, the main the main exhibition room was almost all Commodore. And this year, it wasn't. This year was a lot of other stuff um, with um, Amiga. The uh, Guru Meditation had a really cool setup with um, demonstrating Amiga Genlock capabilities. So that was that was nifty. Um, and there was and, and so there was quite a bit. I actually realized afterwards that I went to it and I went through all the stuff that I went through last year. Looked at all the things. And then I looked at the map on the little flyer when I got home, and I, I didn't go to like half of the stuff. I missed it. Hmm. There's like other there's other buildings that have stuff in them, and I didn't even know about those other buildings. I'm like, wow, this consignment room is really small. Yeah, because that's not the consignment room. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so is there any video you would? There is some video which will be going up. Um, it pans better. And I, I, I'm not as shaky and quick as I was the last one. 
Yeah, because it was making me sick when I watched yeah, it. Pretty, it. Yeah, I know you sent me a snippet like, is it slow enough this yeah, time? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, no, I will be putting that up. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to go into very hardcore editing. I'm just going to throw up that maybe a voiceover on it. <laughs> How about have, your? Um, I don't have that much. I don't have that much video for the for the VCF. The rest of the museum is the same as it was last year, so there's no point in me, you know, showing the bomb shelter again because you've seen. And you were wrong because you didn't watch <coughs> the map. Yes, I didn't do. I didn't last year either. No, I, last year I next missed that. Year, next year you are smarter. Yeah, next year I'll pay attention to the fact that there's more buildings in the back that I didn't go into. Great. <laughs> Um, okay, other news. Tanglewood game, the jump and run for the Mega Drive is also being um, soon to be shipped out. They are actually getting the remaster, the master units from the factory. What is this now? It's a jump and run for the Mega Drive. Oh, for yeah. the actual it's... for the actual Sega Genesis. Or Mega Drive, as they call it, yeah, in yeah. Europe. Yeah, and it's a bit like it's a bit like a, a Lion King, you know, um, but it's better. The Lion King, isn't that called in English? That's what it's called. There was a game. Of course, there was a game. What am I talking about? It's a movie. Of course, there was a game. Yeah, there's always there's always a game, and it's you. I never played it though. I was never. I, I never had a, a a Genesis or Mega Drive, um, so I don't. I never. I never played those games. The stuff on it. On the other hand, talking about consoles, the C sixty four Mini arrived to me. Oh yes. And on the second Sunday of July, we will actually make a live Twitch show. That um, that'll be July fifteenth, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Two p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Which is like um, 7 p.m. for Germany mm-hmm. and Central Europe. Yes. So summertime. We'll yeah. be going over that live and we'll show everybody what it can do. I actually I played with one at the VCF. They had one set up. Yeah. It's, have you used it yet? No. It, is, it, it does a good job of emulation. I will give it that. It's not a bad little machine. Um, the keyboard, the software keyboard is a pile of shit. But because there's certain games you need to use the keyboard for. That's the 64 had a keyboard in, it would be dumb not to use it. This does not have a working keyboard, so you got to pull up this little keyboard on the side of the screen and then you got to move your joystick to make the thing go to whatever you want it to go to and it's just it's time consuming and the joystick is not that great. Mm. But well, but the DTV had the same issue, and that is why it had uh, keys laid out to little buttons. Mm. This one has certain keys out to little buttons, but not all of them. So okay. sometimes you need to actually use the keyboard, and it's just it's a it's an exercise in frustration. Unless I guess you you hook a USB keyboard up to it, which is something you can do. Which I should do when I do the live podcast. Prob- no, no, no. I think that you should use the awful built-in keyboard so people can see what what it's like. Mm. We, we should know that is um, in this aspect kind of a disadvantage over the DTV because the DTV was FPGA based, mm-hmm. and the successor of the Commodore One, which was also FPGA based by Jerry Ellsworth, and this time Jerry Ellsworth has no hands in it. Right. In fact, nobody of the original team has 
hands in it, except Darren Melbourne. Right, and Darren Melbourne is more of a is more of a administration type of guy than he is an engineering type of guy. Yeah. So that's it's it's I you know when there's and there from what I understand they're still planning to do a full sized with keyboard version of this. Right? Oh yes, oh yes, a plus version. Yeah. Right. So when that comes out, that is something that I really would. I would be interested in something like that. Um, even if it's simula- emulation? Yeah, even if it's emulation, because it gives you that... Um, I mean, emulation is... If it works well, what's the difference, right? A vice on the, on, on Mac or PC is emulation. Well, there's, it's... There's nothing preventing you from doing any regular C64 stuff on it. It's fully functional emulation. So if this... If as long as this isn't hobbled in some way because of the emulation, which I don't think it is, then who cares? Well, the re-implementation, hardware re-implementation of FPGA is supposed to be more accurate. Yeah, but but again, you know, Vice, I I can't think of much that is more accurate in terms of emulating the original machine than Vice is. Even with the stupid little, you know, the 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 inconsistencies and the errors and things that happen and, and whatnot. Vice is Ultimate very 64. good. But I mean, that remains to be seen because it's only just come out. We haven't, you know, we haven't found out if there's any weird nonsense with it that doesn't, it doesn't get right. Yeah, because it's still in development, right. still in beta. Right. Yeah. Vice has been around for a long time, so there's lots and lots of hours of development and testing behind it to find anything wrong, whereas this thing is just, it has just come out. And while I don't doubt it's a great product, um, couldn't imagine anybody better than Gideon Schweitzer. Yeah, no, he, he's he, the guy is amazing. Jens Schönfeld is another guy, yes. but but he will come out with his own stuff with his Mark III. The only thing that really kills me with the with the sixty four Ultimate is again the lack of the user port, which oh, I understand which that will there be is fixed there is you there know, will be a tech cable. Right, there is a cable that you can hook up to make one. But yeah. to omit that in the beginning, you know, by default, just seems, eh. you know, I, I, he, I just... he did the same with the tape adapter for the for the Ultimate fifteen forty one. Yeah. Right, right. Same concept. Yeah. So, I, anyway, I'm still anyway. for my money. I'm still waiting for the the uh, Mega sixty five. <laughs> That's what I'm waiting on. What else? Yeah, I feel like I had something that I was going to discuss the other day, and With I can't me. think yet, and I can't think of what it was. Did I? Did we mention that the um, Mega, yeah, Mega Man for the NES and SNES was um, was um, sold, and it's meanwhile sold out by. Um, by the 8-bit store. I think we did, um, yeah. We mentioned that before. I think so. Well, no problem. I mean, I, I told you my <coughs> my news. <laughs> Not my fault if you don't oh, know yours. I know something we missed. The new issue of Scene World is out. Oh, yeah, 28. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that that's out. Um, everyone should go check it out on the website, which you may be on right now. If you're not, then it's sceneworld.org. 
Um, the 64 version is out. There will be an Amiga version out momentarily as soon as we figure out how to do that. Um, yeah, there was this thing, you know, like two years ago, three years ago, actually, we started doing this online version of um, oh, for, for web browsers. Right. Yes, good. Yeah. And uh, HA was the one that found that the only browser on iOS and Android to not have a buffer sound error on Vice for JavaScript was the Puffin browser. Mm -hmm. So, but it was too slow. So we, I, two years ago, I wrote uh, to the Puffin browser support and they said, okay, we are working on making the JavaScript faster. So now it's faster. It's not 100%. The, um, the dudes went speed, out of their ways to, way but, to get the thing to work better for us, right? Yeah, so that the scene so, world online version would, would be usable because it was slow and painful in every other browser. Exactly. But now there is a bug that means that the mouse emulation doesn't work for some reason because mm -hmm. of the of a bug in their browser. And they actually sent an email back to us two years uh, two days later that they would love to fix the bug, but they aren't able to supply the new version of the Puffin browser because Apple is forbidding them the, to it, do so. This is a thing that Apple has been doing for a while in that they say you can you can make a web browser if you want, but you have to use WebKit, which is you know Apple's implementation of of you know. So it's, it's essentially it's every web browser is Safari. You're just skinning it slightly different. Yeah. You know, but um, Puffin Browser is using Chromium. Well, Puffin Browser does the does the rendering off off site, so it do, the site rendering is not done yeah. in your browser. It's done outside on their own thing, and then they send that to you. So it's super that fast. Too. Yeah. Um, but now Apple is saying that you can't you can't have a browser in their store if it doesn't use their basic WebKit system, which again, it's something Apple has done. With the, the the reasoning behind it is, you know, oh, we want to protect our, our people and, and safety and, and quality and all that. But in reality, it's just them making it more difficult for developers to do something interesting. Well, that means now Puffin Browser is fast enough, but you can't control the Mac, sys. Right. Because of a bug, they can't fix because of Apple forbidding them to accept the update on the App Store. Right. Yeah. They're, they're still on uh, the App Store, Apple App Store, correct? Yes. They haven't of been, course. They haven't been uh, deleted from that. Yes, you can still um, install an older version. So, they, yeah, Apple has stopped them from updating Puffin. There's a link... Where they where it's explained um, exactly like the the intricacies the intricacies and whatnot behind it, uh, we will link to that um, in the podcast description. Uh, it's called "It's Time to Call Out the Bad Apple," and that's you know kind of one of the big issues that Apple has had and that I that I've been unhappy with. I'm a I'm a Mac user. I'm a you know up until recently I had an iPhone. Yurik still has an iPhone. 
as we Seven know, plus, as yes. when when yeah. when Siri inevitably will pop into this this thing at some point. Not today, because I plucked in my headset. Oh, okay, okay, there you go. Um, Learn from my mistake. But yeah. it's basically their guidelines for for app review are made up as they go along. There is nothing set in stone for a lot of this stuff. Apple can do what it wants. Yeah, that, that 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 that's all there is to it, you know. So. It kind of falls on, on us, the, the users and the community to hit back at Apple and, and tell them to knock this off and to, because again, by, based on their guidelines, they could easily have said, you know, okay, Puffin browser, because of the, because of the, um, the target demographic for the browser and because of the things that it's doing, um, we can let that one slip by. Right, hmm. you know, there's nothing stopping them from saying that because there's nothing that says that, you know, you can't, you can't do this because every other version of Puffin was accepted. It was orig- it was on the App Store. Yeah, and it's actually surprising to me that they even listened to to our feedback. They they could easily have said, "What what do we care?" Right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. But but they they have been um, supportive. And now it's fast enough, but now you can't skip the intro. And even if you could, you can't control the maxes right. because of the imports not working, and they can't fix it. Right. And, and Apple, you know, and, and they make the argument that Apple is mostly concerned about competition because they get billions of dollars of search revenue from Google, which is what their web browser stuff uses. So they lose that revenue from everyone that uses Puffin Browser, essentially. Hmm. Which is still the fastest browser on iOS. It is. Oh, it's stupid fast. <laughs> Puffin is right. an amazing... Yeah, it's an amazing browser, and they've got very good support to the point where they were like, oh, yeah, hey, you're having... You know, your 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 Commodore 64 disk mag doesn't run well in, in JavaScript on our browser. We'll fix that for you. I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's... That's pretty substantial, you know? So again, yeah. we will link to this argue, article so that everyone can kind of check that out and you know make, make you know let your voices be heard and let Apple know that this is not cool and that they need to you know make more reasonable guidelines. Sure. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so we should get on with the main part of this and um, talk uh, La- about keyboards. Yes, Lau is hanging out right over there waiting for us to finish. So we should uh, we should go and talk to him right now. So today we are talking to Lau Prex, and um, you actually are known because you posted back in March already that you are working on recreating the C64 keyboard, like redesigning a totally new thing. Yes. So I, welcome to the show. Sure. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So this is something that I, I've I've said a, a quite a few times that we desperately need in, in as far as the sixty four goes, which is that you know they're making new cases. We've got new motherboards being made, you know, in the sixty four ultimate and the uh, the reloaded. Um, one thing that we don't have is the keyboards, and in all my years using these different machines, um, the only things that have ever actually gone bad on me are those keyboard motherboards. And I've had like three of them go bad. Yeah. 
and you Some, can't something happens with the resistance in the rubber part on the bottom of them, and then mm -hmm. you can try to switch them, but eventually, the 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 most used button will well, you need to buy a new new machine and then swap the the, the keyboards basically. Right. Yes. Right. So back in actually back in June 16, I thought, well, hey, how hard it can it be, right? So <laughs> to assemble the parts, just draw out a new PCB, and and then I. Finally decided to well just just put the time into it and just finish it. Um, and then when I was done with the first prototype, I thought, hey, why not just share it with whoever wants to look at it? And this has been really exciting because there's been so many people just looking at that blog post. It's I mean um, there was this guy, an American, I forget his name, um, but he said, well they. He linked or posted it on some hacking forum, something. And within two days, I had like 7,000 visitors a day. <laughs> and usually I would have between 250 and 300. And at the moment, I have between six and 800 people every day, unique visitors going to my little blog or my little homepage. So this is very exciting. So and a lot of people have asked me about, well, why don't you do this Kickstarter, Indiegogo? Why don't you have big productions made in China or whatever and well it's I'm, I'm I'm not a company I'm just I'm just a guy thinking the Commodore 64 is awesome basically and wanted to come chip route and because I have the reloaded boards myself I don't have yet an ultimate 64 um, board but I thought hey I have the new I had the Kickstarter cases I don't have the one from pixel visits in um, in, in Germany I, I bought the original one from the Kickstarter campaign um, a few years back. From uh, Dallas so Moore in needed, Texas? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So all I needed was a new keyboard. Um, so I started out thinking, well, I just make uh, just a few for myself. But but at the moment, I'm 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 working on making a small batch of approximately 30 boards or something like that. But things takes time, especially if you want to keep the costs down. And if something goes wrong with the production in China, I, I, I try to protect myself because um, making large batches, like say order 50 or 100 a piece, I need to be very sure that the PCBs are all right, the manufacturing is okay, and all the bits and pieces that goes into building this board. I, I just calculated or in my Excel sheet, there's more than 200 pieces going into making that keyboard. Uh, which is kind of silly, but but there's so many bits and pieces to to make this very simple mechanical keyboard work in a very old machine like the Commodore 64. So hmm. this is this is a, there was a background of um, of why I, I wanted to do the, uh, the the new keyboard. That's interesting. Are you a hardware designer by a living or something? No, no, I'm a civil engineer. I work with. I'm actually a researcher, so I do research within magnetic resonance imaging, which would be at a hospital. So I have no electronic experience, no mechanical engineering. I just sat down and figured things out, I guess. Self-taught, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, because, you know, when you have a, a project that you think is very rewarding to actually complete, then, well... All you need is time, basically. So when my my family go to to sleep early at eight or nine o'clock, then we have a small uh, four year old son. Then I have like three hours, four or five hours, depending on how tired I can, I can get tomorrow. <laughs> um, so this is done whenever the rest of the family is sleeping in my basement, basically. Yes. Mm. 
I mean, we have examples where it's working. See, see Jerry Ellsworth, for example, who also made it all self-taught. So why not? Yeah. So um, so let's let's talk a bit about how did you actually start with your uh, Commodore 64 hobby? Is it like most people just starting as a gamer? Yes. When back in late 80s or something like that, all the, the kids in the neighborhood, they had Commodore 64s and we were... Um, because we live in Europe, right? Then the diskettes uh, games were very expensive, so we were we were swapping tapes at school and copying. With my parents had this uh, double deck stereo thing, so you could put the the the, the tape deck with the ABC Turbo uh, games on one side, and then you could speed copy everything to to another ninety minute tape or whatever, and have a typewriter. You would write how far you need to go to find Boulder Dash or how far you need to go to Commando and Yep. So that's uh, that's basically what I did. Um, and then when I went to high school, I was probably about 17 or 18. I, I even turned in physics reports on my Commodore 64. I had a, a, a nine, what's it called, a nine nail printer, a nine, nine yeah, pin. Yeah, nine pin, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember I sold, I had like, I don't know, 50 or 60 original uh, tape games. I had like 2,000. Five and a quarter inch discs, uh, and I had the printer. I had um, what do we call the Final Cutters Three. I had so much gear, and I think I sold it for like I don't know, two hundred and fifty euros or something like that. And I uh, thought, mm. what a stupid idiot paying me two hundred. <laughs> and I'm like, no, why did I sell yeah, that? But yeah, I needed the money for something else. I don't know, a new bike or I don't know something else. So, and then I picked it up a few years back and. Had been repairing and just trying to modify gear in the basement, and then my wife said, "Well, why don't you just make a home site and put everything on a block or something to to share this?" And wow, that's, okay, that's how I got into it in August of fifteen. So two and a half years ago, I started blogging, I guess. So right. and that's I don't. I'm not very active at Lemon 64 or there's some German. I know a little bit of German. I had like three years of German in school, but that's 25 years ago or something like that. So, so, but Google Translate, you can you can get a lot from the German forums as well. Mm. Yeah, that is actually what happened with our last podcast guest, Peter Reichenbach, who were who is working on making the Z128 again. Mm-hmm. And all that information was in, in German that was out on Forum 64. So, yeah. So, basically, we are trying to get all the information out because, as I said, you have your little blog. And it's kind of interesting, Mies. Uh, so, your family is supporting you in your idea. Um, because when I look at my family, most people say it's like trash that I'm collecting, you know. Okay. <laughs> Well, you're uh, laughing at Jay, but hey, yeah. that's the uh, uh, general. No, pers- I, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I, I I told my wife we would be millionaires if we collect enough different types of Commodore 64s, and so far she's bought it. So and I, I I don't know. I have ten, fifteen machines or something, all different versions right. of the motherboard and 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 all that. And uh, yeah, it's not in the basement though. It's very it's sealed and it's. Mm. In wow. a dark, dark place. So, so hopefully they'll be good looking also in 25 years or so. Good luck. But you don't have a golden one, or do you? No, I don't. I don't have one of those. That would be great. <laughs> those the holy great. Yeah. How many did they make? Like a thousand or something like that, right? So I, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even have a silver label. I have two reloaded boards though. Oh. So, 
but uh, not the Ultimate 64 yet. Mm. <laughs> Though the first revision of the Reloaded board, a lot of people tried to sell them at Rare on eBay. <laughs> yeah, I, I just saw. Um, I, I just saw one of the um, the the Ultimate boards again for sale for like fifteen hundred dollars on eBay. An Ultimate 64? They... Yeah. The prototype board. Yeah, I got one too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, there was one on sale on eBay a couple of months ago when it first came out. Uh, and it sold for like $1,500. And now there's another one on there selling for the same amount. Wow. That's amazing. That's, that's yeah, that, that's silly. I've yeah. spent all my money on, on, on a 30-some-year-old keyboard that right. I'm trying to rebuild, right? So <laughs> that's where all my money goes. Actually, I, I just had the case for the first time in my life that one of the key stamps broke, mm-hmm. and it's a cursor up key, the most used oh, key on God. the keyboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you need to take everything apart and then swap them and some yeah. of the yeah the what's it called the the, the British pound sign or something use it that. <laughs> I, I never use that that uh, that key anyway so but yeah you just have to be able to to find some on the internet people sell them for I don't know two or three euros plus shipping so yeah I got I I already got it I already got a friend with enough um, steady hands to do it for me so okay perfect yeah yeah Um, but basically speaking about keyboards you wrote in your blog you are supporting with your new keyboard the new keycaps that are supposed to come out from Faith Five so they will actually work on your redesigned keyboard right. See, see the um, the the cherry base keyboard steps of the part that that the um, that the key um, uh, top goes onto the uh, to the micro switch. Um, there's this guy from Mechanical Keyboards, or Mac, he made a, a board called Mac 64, and he actually made a little adapter that I have 3D printed. He put it out on GitHub. It's available for anyone who wants it to, to download it. And I had mine uh, printed shapeways. Um, but basically, it's it's a little adapter that will fit the cherry base, um, uh, what's it called, micro, um, micro switches and uh, the old um, Commodore 64 keycaps, which will be the exact same that Phase 5 is producing in, um, in Austria. So, so they should be. Um, the the keyboards I'm making um, will be without the keycaps because, in order to, um, I, I need to to scavenge or uh, scavenge yeah, a, a new right. keyboard in order to make and 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 then eventually sell uh, these keyboards. So the idea is that it's a a drop-in replacement. People can. Uh, I even I even bought some of those key pullers that the mechanical keyboard guys use to to. On dock or whatever, unload the the keycaps. So right. so yeah, they will be able to easy, nice and easy to to swap them with the original ones. So whenever everything is fitted in the old hardware, you will not be able to actually see that there's a brand new keyboard in there. Um, okay. I, I I don't know with the with the new board, with the reloaded and the ultimate boards. Um, people probably want some fancy call from the Phase 5 um, Indigo go, um, campaign, but but the um, I, I think most people, they would just like a keyboard that will keep working for the next 25 years. And if a key mm-hmm. breaks, it's just a matter of a little tool and you can remove the, the top part of the micro switch and you can put in a brand new and they should work. But I think the... I think the manufacturer of the micro switches, they say they should work about million, 50 million 
um, presses, key presses, 50 million key presses, which should, I don't know, probably, I don't know how much you guys type on your Commodore 64, <laughs> but I think that will probably last me at least, I don't know, 50, 100 years mm. to, to break one, so... And these are, well, the, are micro switch based, so it's not like yeah. the uh, the original where it's you know like you know a spring and a plunger. Exactly, exactly. There's a spring inside, but you can people can switch them if they if they break or if they become too I don't know loose or mm -hmm. they don't f get the the feedback they that they got when they they first um, received it. Um, okay. Yes. You, you, in your email when we invited you, you said you are planning to change some things about the keyboard design, about yeah. the materials. Well, maybe talk a bit about that. Yes, certainly. Um, the prototype I presented on my homepage um, was based on acrylic or acrylic, I don't know how you pronounce it, yeah, but acrylic. basically pla basically plastic plates. Um, they, the reason why, um, because that material is cheap and I could go to a local laser cutting company and have it pretty cheaply um, cut out for me. But uh, when it comes to the extremely long space bar, um, I need some kind of stabilizing things on top. And the co-star, this is very, uh, just stop me if it gets too nerdy, um, with the, uh, the co-star, stabilizer these little plastic things springs type thing that goes in below that the um, that the stabilizer um, wire that's connected underneath the the the, the long space bar is, is attached to um, it needs 1.5 millimeter material to snap into and using the acrylic plate it's just too thin it's too brittle not I mean you, you can if you pound it too hard you, you will basically it will splinters or shatter so I basically decided so, and there's also, if you use the original um, boards like the C, um, the Commodore uh, 64C, uh, there would not be an issue. But as soon as you went to the with the with the short boards, but if you would install it to one of the long boards with with the um, with the the wider um, uh, motherboards, then I needed to um, it, it would actually touch. Uh, some of the parts on the top of the motherboard, which would be so it wouldn't be a universal. I, I wanted to make one that doesn't matter which version of, of um, Commodore 64 you have, this should be a drop in replacement. So I basically took the drawings that I used for the acrylic plates and I redesigned it and basically bit the bullet and made it so it would be in aluminum. So at the moment, I've um, I'm waiting. It's about two tomorrow. It's two weeks ago. I send off um, the drawing um, to a Chinese company that would actually laser cut it in 1.5 millimeter aluminum. They would bend it so it would have the same shape as the original plastic part of the the keyboard, and they would make it black. They would anodize it in black, so it should be looking really really nice. Um, mm. And that would also accommodate the, uh, the 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 black PCBs that I received okay. a few 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 weeks back. Um, the the idea is that everything is surface mounted. So this this part I'm showing you here is is where all these the small it's a very small circuit that would actually um, make the shift lock work. So when you press the the, the shift lock, then a, a little LED will light up underneath the um, 
the shift lock and then you will press the shift lock again and then it will turn off. Wow. Because, because if you, um, actually I wanted a, um, a, a locking switch. Cherry made a locking switch, but they discontinued it a few years back. It, I am, I was, I've been able to find maybe eight or 10 or something, but they are ridiculously expensive. So okay. I, I don't think anybody will pay, I don't know, 15, 20 euros more just to get that part. So now I can just use one of the the cheap micro switches that's not locking. So, but but I need to have um, those connectors um, shorted during operation until I, I press it again, which will be the function of the shift lock, uh, mm-hmm. basically. So um, that took me quite some time. I actually uh, wrote to Gideon, uh, the Ultimate 64 guy, because I wanted to make sure that his motherboard would also support some of the um, the uh, the same thing as uh, the Commodore uh, the C uh, what's called uh, the reloaded board and of course all the other motherboards that I have direct access to mm-hmm. um, and he actually gave me a, a just one one line of advice and and that's uh, one of the, the the main parts of of that um, circuit that's going to to the keyboard. So I should nice. write something about Gideon approved or something. So that was very nice of him. But I was actually I was, I was using a relay, and he said, "Why would you use a relay? You should just use an analog switch, which is half the price or one third right. of the price." And okay. as soon as he, I just wasn't sure that I thought it should be a galvanic. Um, separation between lines but he said don't worry about it just put in an analog switch so i found one and everything worked hmm. okay great i was actually thinking before this interview is there any use for a shift lock key can you just not remove it and then i i remember that there are some pinball games on the c64 that use the ship shift lock key I don't know exactly for what again, but I remember there were really? some games that were I, using I, it. I, so I you have, just can't remove it, yeah. I have no idea. I just thought, well, if I'm making a new a keyboard that should be a drop-in replacement, people shouldn't worry about if, it. it well, it doesn't work with the shift lock key. It doesn't work, <laughs> whatever, right? It should just be just a no-brainer, no basically. Just swap the, the keyboard and everything should work. Mm. Um, but yes, I, I have never used it either. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it just you know, it's just a thing that I that when we talk to people, that happens a lot of times. People think, okay, nobody is um, using it anyway, but there's one person using it, and suddenly something breaks. Does like, it even like register the, as a key? Does it even register as a key press? Because I know that I think that the left and right shift, they're they're different. Maybe or or are they the yes, same? Do yeah. they register as the same? No, key? They, they, you you can program them differently. Right, yeah. but the shift lock does that register as a left or right shift or as a shift lock? I, I'm not a sample coder. I'm I'm not the one to know. I have no yeah, idea. I, I am, and I don't. I don't know this. I should know that. I'm embarrassed at my lack of knowledge. I, okay, I may be on a limb here, but I'm pretty sure the shift lock and the two shift keys they have the exact same purpose. Hmm. I mean, there shouldn't be any. I can. <laughs> it takes me. I want to give me fifteen more seconds, and I have the the drawing, so I can let you know whether or not everything is connected or not. I mean, you just need one customer that is used to punch the shift lock key because he screams all the time, <laughs> and then he says like, "No, I can't scream anymore." When, yeah, when yeah. I when I enter when I enter IRC with my Z sixty four. 
You know what? You might be right. They are connected at different um, places on the motherboard. So yes, they may have. They may have one of them. The the left shift and the shift lock. They have the same um, purpose. Hmm. They they will they will they will work the same, but not okay. the uh, not the right um, not the right shift. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and that is why some pinball. Um, simulators on the C64, some pinball games use use shift lock for something, and the right shift for another purpose. So yes, like yes, I think that's um, yep. Don't want to say something wrong here, but I'm I'm pretty sure the that's that's how it is. The left shift and the the shift lock they work the same, and the wow. right has some other. So pinball players, you are safe with this keyboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, so are you already nervous about the big orders and stuff when this thing is finally getting um, on sale? I, I, I hope I have figured everything out before um, I'm making this small batch. At the moment, I'm waiting just to make a very, very small batch, like five or ten or so, and I have a very small group of people that have agreed that they would um, not beta test them, but I would um, I would ship them to them, and then hopefully they will work with them different than I do. Um, and if something comes up, then they'll tell me, and hopefully I can figure out what what went wrong. But again, it's it's a mechanical keyboard, right? It's there's nothing. There's no memory in it. There's no coding. There's basically me. If if I didn't connect the dots right, then I wouldn't be able to to get the R key or the T key or whatever. So so I'm pretty confident when whenever I've everything has been installed in one of the machines and it should work. I, I can't see why it shouldn't work, right? So right. great. Um, But but I, I don't know if something would and the only thing is that the Americans with the NTSC should be different from the PAL in Europe, but I can't see how that would influence oh, the keyboard. I'd be happy to test one for you. <laughs> sure, sure. I, I actually I also have an NTSC C64, so I can we, we we both can be your testers, no problem. I mean I mean um, as I said. I'm I'm using it constantly, and um, I broke just one keyboard for the first time in my life. So hey, Ooh. yeah. What do you guys use mechanical keyboards um, for other purposes, like for your everyday work or something? Because this is this is probably the biggest. Um, I mean, people they have strong religious. <laughs> Feelings when it comes to the type of uh, mechanical switch that they use. Um, some like Cherry, some like uh, Gatoron, some like Calif or whatever they're called. And they need to be blue, they need to be black, yeah. they need to be tactile, they need to be linear, they need to be... Everybody has their own favorite. Right. Um, Personally, I don't mind, but at work I'm using a Cherry keyboard. Yeah. Okay. The uh, I'm Actually, I, I ordered Cherry's first but the price is almost twice sometimes it's more than twice the price than compared to the Gatoron keys um, so I'm actually I've ordered Gatoron keys for the, the keyboards that I hopefully are able to, to make and, and send to people um, I have this little funny type thing where you can actually put in the different 
uh, micro switches and nice. kind of feel what what would be the closest resemblance to the original uh, to the original keyboard and and in my on humble opinion I, I think it's the um, I think the yellow gauge runs are smoother um, and they act the act they activate um, before earlier, you don't have to press them as far down before they get activated. If you compare them to the um, to the cherry switches, mm. um, and that, I mean, they're cheaper. I think they they run smoother, and that's why I I went with with gate runs. But let's see if if people accept that, <laughs> <laughs> or they have a strong feeling that they need cherry switches because it's it's already a quite expensive keyboard. It's I'm working with the price around 160 euros, 155, depending on little bits and pieces. What can I get cheap from China? How many can I order before being caught in customs? So I have to pay customs and custom fees and 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 all that um, to try to keep the cost down. But it's it's an exclusive keyboard. It's it's right. it's yeah. as produced, right? I mean, if if I can make I don't know 50 or something, then um, I, I let, that's a lot of soldering in, in the basement. I think they have like almost 200 soldering points um, mm. for for just making one. So there's easy an hour between an hour an hour and a half just creating one keyboard from all these bits and pieces. So, right. but uh, <laughs> we're, I mean, the market will tell. If people don't want to buy them, then and that's why I make small a, a very small production batch just to start out with to see if there's actually a market for it. So <laughs> when you look at comments for your blog post, people, some people are like, I don't mind what it costs. I just want it. Take my money and give shut me, off. Give yeah. me three or something, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they even don't know what it costs yet. But some yeah. people say like, I don't, I don't mind, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, okay. Used keyboards can be around uh, 30, 70 euros, depending on where you go to yeah but they're also and, 25 years old even if they've been refurbished yeah. it's you know it's 25 yeah. years old that could last a month yeah you know like like in my case with the broken key it was an ebay porsches right right okay from a private seller so mm -hmm. hey and it, it it lasted like three months or something right. okay well i i well. think that probably three uh, quarters to at least 75% will buy them for their Ultimate 64s or their um, for the brand new uh, motherboard for the reloaded and from the Ultimate 64 I'm pretty sure most of the people who are interested in spending this amount of money on a mechanical keyboard for their machine is probably building a brand new machine and hope and praise I guess that Phase 5 will eventually yeah. come through and and hopefully ship their their keys. We've been waiting for almost three years at the moment, right? So yes, yeah. May May 2015 was the day yeah. I ordered. Yeah. yeah, I think I have I have ordered keys for like eight or ten keyboards. So hopefully, wow. they, so um, just got three sets. Yeah. But he, it sounds like he he's going to sell them afterwards in some kind of shop. So hopefully they'll be available afterwards as well. Why not making cooperation? Yeah, that's a good idea. A cooperation with him, or yeah, why not? I mean, I mean, like a bundle offer or something. Yeah, sure. I mean, the the best thing would actually be if he was able to make the the shape 
of the Commodore 64 keycaps, but with the um, with the modern um, way of attaching them to the cherry base e um, mm. uh, switches. So you but don't need adapters. That way we don't need the adapters. Yes, because that could be. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about sending them so people can do that part of the assembly themselves because. Just making one keyboard and your fingers are, are numb because you, you <laughs> really, really need to press those very, very hard because it's a very tight fit. So whenever the 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 key adapter, three D printed key adapter, and the new um, key um, uh, top is is on there, then you you can feel that that you have a little adapter in between because everything is has been made so perfectly in in size and shape. Um, but making those myself uh, i mean um, i i need to i need to think uh, i need to do some creative thinking who is going to put all those <laughs> 3d adapters <laughs> on all those keys so at the moment i have like i don't know 2500 micro switches or something like that so I, that's that's a lot of 3d adapters i have to i have to put on there you you you've got kids you know just child labor have them you know <laughs> yeah work, yeah work in yeah. the sweatshop I, in the corner there you know <laughs> Exactly. I'm getting you a switch if you do it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why? 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 Actually, you, as you said, it's it's very expensive, and you don't know how much people would buy it. Why don't you try um, crowdfunding, as AJ suggested, I or suggested as that. even people said? Yeah, I mean. I, I, I think this 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 is very a very selfish approach um, because this is a way of protecting myself because I mean mm. if I do a crowdfunding then I'm obligated basically right I've taken people's money pay me and I'll deliver this at this point in time now I can say well it's not going to happen this week because I don't know I need to go to the beach this week or I have a right something I have need to do tonight so I, I can't do that as well um, this way it's um, I mean I can't be blamed for being late basically I can tell people that I hope that it will be done within and the the time frame I actually I'm working with is hopefully within the the, the last around first of July I'll be able to um, to uh, to show a blog post and let the world know how everything turned out um, there's been a very kind uh, American guy that has actually he he said he wanted to do the uh, the crowdfunding part um without it being a crowdfund so he actually transferred some money to me which would was actually speeding things up because then i was able to order the the, the pcbs i was able to to order the uh, the brackets the aluminum brackets and all that so um and i said well I, I'm, it's, it's not a crowdfund but but let's those money is a prepayment for two keyboards plus shipping and whatever is left over i'll, I'll just paypal you back or something he said oh that's fine that's fine now <laughs> so um so some friends friends of people out there really really want to um to see this uh, project succeed so yes uh, crowdfunding at the moment no <laughs> but uh, maybe later maybe i don't know yeah yeah we had I talked don't... about that in the last podcast which is you know like like you said you know you you crowdfund you get x amount of dollars now you're on the hook you know and if exactly. you don't deliver then there's then it's you know the 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 Vega Plus where it's you know a, a a this this huge thing 
where they it didn't get delivered, you know. So see how much BS that um, right. Phase Five guy has taken, right? I know mm-hmm. he he has excuses, and I also think he's very tardy. I, I mean, very late on delivering. But oh man, he's people hate him. Right, right. <laughs> Some of those males are evil, right? It's mm-hmm. um, and I, I I don't I don't want to do that, and and I don't mm-hmm. think I can sell twenty five hundred keyboards. So. If I knew there was a market for 2,500 new keyboards, we sh- I should have had the molds made and, and have everything made in plastic or something. Um, mm. But but I, I, I don't think that's the case, actually. Um, I think 80%, they don't care if, if the price is 100 euros or 155 euros. They, they will buy it anyways. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope... Yeah, we will see. I, I'm, I'm. I don't. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem to pay a bit if the thing is really good. I mean, I want to have my my machine the next thirty years. You know, if mm-hmm. it's possible. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. And I'd also like it with you know again you know modern modern switches. And I don't know how much different it is. I've often compared to the, the sixty four. Like when I'm using my uh, my Mac, it's got a nice you know modern keyboard, and it's like a you know, a delicate waltz of typing really quick and stuff. The 64 is more like road construction where yeah. you're, you know, you know, your, your each key is like whap, whap, whap. Yeah. You know, to have like a mix between the two where it's like a modern feel keyboard, but it's still, it's the 64 keyboard would be awesome because then you could actually do work because coming back to what I'm realizing, this keyboard is not the best keyboard in the world. It's a horrible keyboard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it was back in the back in the day. It was a very nice typewriter keyboard, but typewriters you had exactly, to you right. had to press yeah. pretty tough too. Yeah, yeah, typewriters. It was each key individually, and it was you know whap. Make sure the hammer comes up and smacks it. So that in that if, in that instance, it translated well. But to what people expect in a modern keyboard, it doesn't yeah. translate at all. No, and I, I think regardless of which microswitch people think is the best it will make the world of different it will be it may not be as close to one of those gaming keyboards that you may use at work that's yeah. very because the travel is is short and all that but compared to the original this is i, I think it's 80 90 closer to a modern day keyboard so it, hopefully it should be a much better typing experience mm. um but I can't change the angle and the, the size of the keys and, and all that. So, right, right. And, yeah, and, I mean, and, and these yeah. switches are they're soldered to the board too. So it's not like you have to pull it apart periodically and clean off the the, the contact traces and all that nonsense. No, no, I, I I don't know how how much dust will be trapped inside the keys and and all that. <laughs> I have no I have no idea. I I just use one of these cheap. Logitech that I get from work, so um, I'm, I'm more a mouse guy. I, I have a very expensive mouse, a gaming mouse, so I, I, I need to be very precise. So, um, um, but I'm, I'm I'm confident that that the mechanical switches will they'll be fine for 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 the Commodore 64 definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, what exciting times! New Z64 motherboards, new 100 uh, C128 boards, new keyboards, new keycaps, so yeah. new ca- new cases. You yeah, can get exactly. a new complete completely new C64. 
new stickers. Pixel Worcester is making these new Thomas, isn't that the guy's name? He's he's making the new um, labels as well. Mm-hmm. So everything to be updated. It's looking very nice. Yeah. Yeah. You should you should make a, um, a cooperation all together. So like <laughs> brand new uh, C64 out of out of the box. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We just got to start making the chips again. That's 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 the next thing. The FPGA based chips that you can just replace all of them with. Yeah, well, there there is FP there there is FPGA based uh, PLAs and yes. um, uh, SIDs. Well, the SID isn't the quite there yet. I haven't heard anything about the SID in a while. You mean the FPGA SID? Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because that guy's actually taking pre-orders since the end of March. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to release them. In the pre-order, he says, if you pre-order, you are committed to yeah, actually yeah. buy it. Right, but so now, whenever I, I they get around to... If, yeah. You know, the... the, um, the most PLAs are CPLD-based, right? There are some mm-hmm. EPROMs, but they they don't... The timing is wrong. Yeah. I've had, I had a long discussion with um, E5Frog and... Um, What's the, the other guy's name? Eslapian. Um, is, is, mm-hmm. is he Canadian or something? Making the PLA Ankton or the Plankton uh, right. PLA. Um, so, yes, I, I haven't heard about the FPGA uh, PLA, but I may have been in the basement too long looking at a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the, yeah. you know, we get a new FPGA based, you know. 8500 or, or 6510 and we stick it in there and then we've got you know built-in acceleration and everything it's no no longer super cpu for yeah, high prices exactly. on the internet exactly. yeah exactly that's my, that's my hope because <laughs> we get cool stuff like that with the amigas you can just plug it into the processor port and it gives you um you know the ide connections or extra memory and the you know better processor and whatnot you can you should be able to do that with the 64 Exactly. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, as you produce new keyboards, you could put in an Easter egg, you know, like a little <laughs> little bit of um, memory. So, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the Easter egg, I don't know if I should, this is a spoiler alert, I guess, but, but in, in Denmark, you're still able to buy licorice pipes, like candy pipes. Mm. So, like, it's called the skipper's pipe. And I'm, I'm playing because that's so political incorrect i guess in modern day so I, I, i'm gonna ship some danish candies and mm. stuff like that for and a piece small a few replacement parts if if some of the micro switches break then i'll put in a few of those as well so so people can can swap them when when they break after i don't know 80 years or something so um <laughs> but, uh, but that, i think that's about the the, the amount of easter egg that um <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The other thing, just uh, I actually got one of the first um, the email auction that uh, that um, they did at individual computers. Jens Schoenfeld, they did uh, when the, the email auction with the first batch of um, the C sixty uh, four reloaded boards. Um, I'm actually planning on the first thirty keyboards. I would just as a gimmick to that, I would I would sign them and and give and number them. Nice. Um, okay. One to thirty. I don't know if that's that's a, people will buy more or something, but um, just just for the fun of it. Just and then the when they show up on eBay for you know two thousand dollars, you can tell exactly who it was that's selling it because you'll know <laughs> you'll see the number. It, yeah. yeah. 
and then I'll spoil it and say, well, I label every one of them number four or something. <laughs> yeah, well, like that uh, 64 Ultimate that was, you know, on on eBay, they blurred out the serial number because, you know, you'd know who, Gideon would probably have a, tra- you know, a, a list of who bought them. Exactly. The number goes to who, so he'd be like, you know, don't sell to this idiot again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll my just... God. <laughs> yeah. Well, if people can do that, then I'll just get a laugh, I guess. Yeah. And now I'll sell one with number four, number five. <laughs> I can just label them myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, quite exciting times. It That's is. um is there any planning when you actually want to finish it? Because on your blog post you were sounding <laughs> kind of disappointed that it took like two years and a half to actually get uh, something to show people. Yeah. You were pretty well, nervous about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, because when I did the, the first blog in June of 12 in spec in 2016, I was like, eh, how hard can it be? But then I figured out there's a lot of bits and pieces that I have to figure out. I needed to figure out the whole shift log thing. I needed to teach myself how to use um, a CAD program so I could actually make the PCB and, and I need to know something about materials and how when, when you're bending stuff then things get longer and, and you have to recalculate and, and but that also depends on the, the tools that you send to the manufacturer and all these when, when, when I looked into it, it was just a little overwhelming and then there was a um, another Danish guy that wrote to me every once in a while and he said so how, how long are you and and he actually got me going um, this was in December January or something like that of, of this year and then I thought well now I just give it a go and try to, to overcome whatever issues that that I had to overcome in order to, to make these parts um, and I think I spent like 300, 350 hours or something like that. And I don't know, 12, 1500 euros, which is not too bad for a, a niche product, I, I guess. Um, mm. So it basically took me two, two and a half months on my spare time or in my spare time to, to get all this working and send off the first PCB. The first PCB um, for the prototype, I, I got um, had a very great Chinese company that were very helpful with some of the very basic when you send out these files for for having the PCB made. Um, so they they helped me out with with some of the smaller things. And when they sent it, everything was perfect. But something was a little misaligned, so I had to readjust some things, um, and I had to swap. Um, some of the, the the connectors, so so it would be easier for for me when when I should solder all the the pins and and I need to drill the holes and and to attach it. Um, so that's um, so after the first prototype, I don't know, 10, 15 hours, and the the bracket didn't take that long because I had all the drawings, I had everything aligned um, and measured out, so 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 it would fit. So now I'm basically waiting for pieces to get in my mailbox. Um, wow! Hmm. So, um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so yes, so I actually wanted to ask: um, Are the Chinese manufacturer actually aware of what you are doing? Because the Commodore 64 was not really 
um, sold in China back in the day? Or what is their feedback? Do they even know what they are working on with they, you? They, or? Have, they have no idea what they're working on, no. But, but I mean, we, I, I don't know, this is not even a joke. We, we are losing to the Chinese people. I mean, this, they are ridiculously fast and especially making PCBs. I, I, I would pay for 20, 25 um, PCBs. They would make in three days. And they would send it with DHL. And they would be here three days later. So I can order board PCBs on Monday, and I'll have them Tuesday, Wednesday of the following week at the price that if I, I actually tried to order a, a prototype in Germany, and they would have like eight weeks before they could ship okay. it. And what I should pay for just one prototype, I would get like 20 or 25 in China within six working days or something like that. And the, wow. the quality, as far as I can see, is awesome i have a i have an electrical engineer a, a colleague who's an electrical engineer and i showed him the board and he said well i mean it's it's a simple board it's just a two-layer board but it's it's very very well made i mean everything is is aligned the, i mean he, he 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 was very impressed so um and i hope that i'll get the same experience with the with the aluminum brackets <laughs> so this old-fashioned very safe if you sh if you buy sheep from china you buy twice isn't yeah. really true anymore i it, it is if, if you buy you can buy so much crap out there that you don't pay anything for right but but if you if you pay the price for like what a pcb costs or having a manufacturer to to um, to cut the things out i think what 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 saved you the most money is because they don't pay for labor labor is cheap in china right, yeah. but the machines i mean I, I assume that all the american companies apple and mark well not microsoft but hardware manufacturers they have their parts and bits made in china as well so i mean that's probably the same companies that i can just go online and i get a price right away and the funny thing is actually the two-thirds is is for the for the hardware and one third is for shipping. I pay like one third of the total prices for shipping out there. I could choose just basic Chinese shipping and it will take like eight eight or ten weeks or something like that. But if if I'm willing to pay one third of the total price, then I would have it within two or three days. Everything tracked by DHL, they will show up on my door three days later. I mean that's I'm just I'm I'm impressed. Um, so, but yes, you can buy crap in China, but you can definitely, if you if you know the manufacturer that you need to go to, then um, this was actually, um, this company was um, actually a, a, a friend from Britain that I've, um, that's been very, Mongoose man, who's been very kind to ship me some, um, what's it called, Dale from DDI, some of the magic, a, a magic cards. And they have used that specific company in China. So hmm. he actually said, well, th this is a very good company and they make good stuff. So so I, it, it wasn't just me trying to and basically with just hoping that I would find the, the, the best company. Um, so I had a little help with that part as well. So overall, were, were you expecting to get so much feedback on it? Um, or did you think nobody would recognize you on your little blog? Because you said you had so many visitors. 
I, I thought that I was onto something, but I, when I'm looking at the price for a C64 Reloaded on Ultimate 64, this is almost as expensive or maybe a little more expensive because shipping from Denmark is ridiculous. So, so the final price is going to be quite high for a, a simple product if you compare it to the hard work that Jens Schoenfeld and the Gideon made on, on, on their motherboards. And th this is, this is a, a dumb part, basically, right? I just need to, to, to short the, the, the right legs on, 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 the, on the cable, and then I have parts on the motherboards taking care of whatever key press that I'm, I'm pressing. So, so um, this, is, this is not an intelligent part, but it's very expensive because there's so many parts going into it. Um, of course, I could I could probably have those companies talk together and had everything um, uh, connected and made completely um, out there, but but I don't know how much money I would save on 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 that actually. Hmm. Well, the advantage is you are in Denmark, so Denmark is a part along Sweden. Um, from the European Union, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's correct. So in contrast to Norway, who is not part of the European <laughs> Union, I will not have to pay customs when I order the exactly. keyboard for you. Exactly, exactly. But the, the US and the Canadian guys, they, they, they will, mm. I guess. I don't know how it works for Americans. Did you ever have to pay, AJ, for uh, value-added nope. tax or... Nope. or uh, or, um, you know, or customs? No, the no? Uh, when I got the, the the latest thing where I could remember that was the Cinefix, which I think was also from, was that Denmark or was that? That was also from Denmark, yes. Yeah, and the U.S. was not subject to the VAT. Okay. And no no customs mm -mm. Um, duty either? No? Nothing? No. no. You are lucky. Over if, there, because yeah, when, when I order stuff from from the U.S., it's I, I would pay I would pay twenty five percent in import taxes, Oof. and I would pay how much is that in euros? That's like twenty two euros for the Danish postal service just to as a fee for handling mm -hmm. the twenty five percent that I have to to pay for the uh, for the uh, for the items. Yes, yes, I also have the option. Because I I bought um, wireless uh, wireless antenna extensions and mm -hmm. they cost like five dollars or something and because they didn't include the invoice on the outside of the envelope, yeah. I I have the option to either go to the customs office and pick them up myself, opening the letter and show them there are antenna <laughs> extensions, or I have to pay twenty eight euros for the postal service to represent me. And give them the papers and open the parcel for me in front of customs. <laughs> so I will go on Friday to the customs in person instead of Jeez. paying 28 euros of handling fee yeah. for missing See, papers. Yeah, I need to, I, yeah, I need to mention this as well. This is one of the reasons why 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 some of the parts are very well. It's not very expensive, but that's why the the the, the, the total price increases because I need I need to order some special sockets from from the US I need the keys from where I'm ordering those from some where in Asia not Singapore um, 
in somewhere in Asia. And I need um, I need other parts from Germany. I need some the three D printed parts are from Holland and. Um, well, that's not expensive, but but all the shipping and eventually with some of the um, with the import taxes and the custom fees and it, everything just skyrockets. Um, so yeah, yeah. And then when I order things in China for if there's like I think it's like eleven or twelve euros. If you order for less than eleven or twelve euros, then you don't have to pay the customs uh, fees. So but but it takes eight, ten weeks to get here. So I need to plan ahead, right? So to make sure that I have all the the nylon um, screws and nuts and I have this plastic spacers and I have the ribbon cables and, and all that. Um, I need, I need to, to know. I mean, I can't just say that I ordered today and then next week I'll, I'll be able to, to make new keyboards because it takes so long um, before things get here. To, to try to keep the, the price here's, down. Here's an idea. Make a family trip to, to USA. <laughs> Let, uh, no, make a family trip to, to USA. Uh, get the stuff all sent to HA. Then oh, HA yeah. pays no customs and no VAT. Then you, you assemble all keyboards and then you go to in the plane and say oh they're just keyboards exactly. not really much of value you see <laughs> <laughs> like oh keyboards okay that's cheap yeah. you can go Problem. <laughs> so but since i've never i mean I'm, I'm not a business i've never sold anything just i mean just little things as i i, I need labels like with the it, I, I call it the macboard 64 to make it short for mechanical keyboard for the 64 right so it's very original, but but anyways, I still need stickers to put on the case. If people pay 150 plus euros, I mean that's like 190 some uh, uh, what's it called uh, U.S. dollars. So I mean it it, sh it should the, it should be presented very nicely because otherwise people will say, hey, what what am I buying here? I don't want to pay that for. Right, right. It looks cheap, right? So I, I need everything to look as nice as possible, but mm -hmm. everything adds to the cost. So but um yeah. Personally, I don't mind how it looks because it's in that the case anyway. You don't see it, it's except except you have the clear case, of course. But, but it's I mean it's like 10, 15 years ago when you had those gaming machines where you had a window on the side of your 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 big tower, right? And you had all these lights in there and and water and fancy floors and colors and and all that. It's kind of the same. And I know you put it underneath something you can't see it, but but you wanted to you want to know that I yeah. mean if you pay 150 some euros for something like a keyboard for a machine that's so very old you, you need to know that it's nice looking and it's sturdy and and you need to to think that you you invested in that your money is invested in something that will last for a very long time yeah people will be upset if they you know threw in 150 bucks and got you know a cardboard keyboard exactly <laughs> exactly so like Nintendo uh, is doing for the Switch right now with the Ludo the paper oh, paper thing. Stupid, yeah. stupid paper things, yeah. <laughs> you wanted to say something, AJ. I was going to say, any plans to, to carry over this sort of thing to, uh, to, to other products? Mm -hmm. 128. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've, I've had a few, quite a few people <laughs> ask me that. People also ask me if I could do a keyboard for the, the C64 Mini. Mm. I, um, let, let's see how this goes. I, I don't think the issue, I mean, the 128 came in different versions, right? One was with an integrated keyboard and one mm -hmm. was with an external. Yeah. The yeah. internal will probably 
be easier to reproduce, but the external might be different because I I don't I think it is the 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 plug for it. Uh, the external has a it's a weird you know like twenty five pin plug that goes on the side. But I think aside from that, the connections, the wiring is all the same. It's just okay a different plug into the the machine. Okay. And don't forget about the SX64 keyboard. Because that, that's, that's completely different, right? Because I, I've looked at those. And I don't even have an S, SX myself. I, I would love to have one of those. One of those and a golden 64. That would be great. But, but I don't have neither of those. Um, yeah, because the yes. SX64, from what I understand, that keyboard sucks. Okay. So... <laughs> it is not very good. Yeah, but, no. but again, the, I need. To, uh, I mean, this is. I don't know. This is very selfish. Again, I know that. But um, I would get a lot of street credibility from the SX users. But there is. I mean, there's so few SX64 machines out there. Then yeah. um, the market for the 128 may also be a lot smaller compared to the uh, oh, to yeah. the 64. But if there's not a lot of work, it is. I wouldn't. I mean, why not? I mean. If the if the matrix is the same and and a lot of the keys are the same, then it shouldn't take long to to adapt it to the 128 as well. Mm-hmm. I just don't own a, a 128. Uh, I didn't know anyone back in the days that had a 121. Yeah, uh, maybe one friend of mine had one, but he always ran it in 64 mode because yeah. he didn't know what to use it for in 128 mm-hmm. mode. So yes, Ultimate that has a two two megahertz uh, option. <laughs> Really? Like, what, what, what yeah, I, I think it was Ultimate Five, the role-playing game. Oh, yeah. Ultima, Ultima. Uh, a couple yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah, there was a version of Elite for it. Um, yeah. There were a few games and, that. Yeah. But Ultima didn't run in two megahertz. Ultima just used the extra memory so it could play music. Okay, that was it. Okay, okay. And that's yeah. what most games did because most games, the eighty-column mode in the one twenty-eight was kind of. Couldn't you know? It didn't have sprites. It didn't have a lot of that stuff. So if you wanted to do anything graphics-wise, you'd do it in forty columns, in which is one megahertz, and you'd get the same graphics capabilities as the sixty-four, just with extra memory and some added functionality. You could do two megahertz right. if you blanked the screen. You'd have to turn the, turn the forty-column screen off. Uh, and and I think there was another game. We we ate. Yes, with the music from Bra Puppert. Oh, the last, the last V8? It, yes, exactly. Yeah. There was a version for the 128 mm-hmm. that has that had a that had digital samples in it. Yeah. Because it had it had more memory available. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you see, there are a few games, and also Peter Reichenbach with his ZZC 128 remastered, it will use the Z64 keyboard. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's another market share here. Okay. So, yeah. so plenty, plenty of possibilities to sell <laughs> yeah. your keyboard to to people. Yeah. I mean, but 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 I need to probably need to to point this out. That I mean, I I didn't make this to to make and sell a thousand of keyboards. This was basically a keyboard that I want to make for myself and my my own machines. And because so many people have have told me their interest in it and and if you if you read the 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 comments i'm i'm it took me quite some time before i even said well maybe i'll make a small batch because i wanted to make sure that i didn't offer people something that i couldn't deliver uh, too soon and so so this is I mean, I, I would make small batches, and and as I told you, I have I have currently I have I have um, thirty 
PCBs um, that I already have. I have most parts, but I still need the brackets. And so hopefully I'll be, I'll, I'll sell those um, 30 um, keyboards on Lemon64 or some place similar, probably not on my, my website because it's, it's um, I, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm not a business. So, so I'm, I'm just selling this as a private person, which is a lot of different. It's very different from being a company with the warranty and, and all that. Of course, I will, I will help people out to the best of my ability, but, but, but um, the, uh, the, the, what they call the terms of condition are a little bit different compared to if I have like a real shop and I need to pay, um, yeah, I had to, to take taxes that I, I need to, to do this and that. Um, so um, so the idea is that I'll make a very small batch first, probably around 30, and then see how the world sees that. If, if they like it, then I, I can see why not. I would make an even larger batch. And then if, I mean, if I, I'm able to sell them and, and I can get everything working as expected then i'll just put it on my my home site and i'll just make a little web shop there and then everything changes and then of course i'll i will sell them with the with the warranty and all that all the legal stuff that has to be uh, correct hmm. yeah why not i mean when we invited you you were pretty pretty happy about the possibility to get this more out to the world so yeah, it, seems, yeah. it seems your your first afraidness went away i mean when i looked at the other people you guys interviewed I, I mean i was i was very humbled by by your offer for for this interview i mean you you, you guys rock the, the people you've talked to an interview that's i mean if if i'm not saying i'm near their league but but i mean i mean this is this is very nice of you that, that you think that my my little keyboard project will actually be, be shown on, on your on your on your blog that will be that this is amazing so I'm very very excited it's very kind of you guys yeah well, it's a cool product we, we, we like this it's a really cool time to be in the 64 world at the moment because there's so much cool stuff coming out for it like exactly. at this point in history that we never had before this is stuff that you know 20 years ago when I used this thing as my everyday computer I would love to have all this stuff available yeah <laughs> and and, and I, I, I love I love the hardware. My 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 when I came into the to the sixty four again, I'm picking it up the 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 hobby again in the, uh, three or four years ago. I mean, I, I just love the hardware. I'm, I've never been a very good software uh, gamer or writing software, but I think the hardware is is my niche in in this in in this um hmm. uh, in this world with with the Commodore 64 um and I and I really really enjoy it um I also a part of Triad the the cracking group from Sweden um so but but then I, the purpose there is also the being the hardware guy trying to to, to write um articles for the uh, for their disc magazine um Attitude. Attitude, attitude yeah. exactly. So, but whenever they start talking about cracking games and how they can make unlimited lives, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I'm, I'm <laughs> just, just tell me what to test, and I, I do, I do some of the testing for them, which is amazing. It's very, a lot of fun. So, so hmm. just in case some listeners don't know what Triad is, Triad is the um, right now longest running cracking, and now also dem demo group since a few years. Um, what was that? That was founded in eighty six, nineteen hundred eight, um, eighty six, and they are still active 
Yeah, I think we have yeah. about 25 active members. Yes, so and they they recruited me a few years back um, based on on my blog, and they they needed an an, an editor and and uh, one to write hardware articles. So that's Ooh. that's my little niche with with Triad. So, and your your handle is Mountain Buffalo. Yeah, exactly, Mountain <laughs> Buffalo. That's me. I don't know if you want that story as well. It's just yeah, a yeah. silly story. Well, I mean, we want all the background from the people we interview. <laughs> I mean, that is that is why we talk for over an hour already. Before going to before going to university, um, I spent a, a entire winter season in Vail in Colorado snowboarding, oh. and as 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 a joke, because we were hiking the back countries uh, um, to with our snowboards or skis, and then we would ski the back bowls, um, and then they, they it was very fun to call me Mountain Buffalo because I mean there's no mountains in Denmark. The highest hill is like I don't know, 400 feet or something like that. So that's kind of a, it's an internal joke or inside joke that I would be the mountain buffalo because I came from I come from a country without any hills at all I mean at least no mountains so. and then I just shortened the mountain part to MTN and then MTN buffalo just for the fun it's been stuck with me for the last I don't know 15 years or so that's the handle I always use nice 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 um, great so Let's talk about that. Where can people actually find your stuff? What's your homepage URL again? My homepage is spreadbox64.com. And not to confuse with the Twitter um, client that's been, yes. uh, that's been developed. So I, I hope I haven't overstepped some. Uh, I even write this about my about page that um, I have nothing to do with Johan van den Brande. Uh, who made the 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 breadbox 64 Twitter client? But when I had to find a name for my for my blog, then breadbox64.com was available, and I was like, "Ooh, let me get that." And then it was afterwards I, I found out that well, somebody else has made this wonderful Twitter client with with that exact name. So, so my homepage is called breadbox64.com. Yeah, the, the Twitter client doesn't work anymore, anyway. Okay, okay. Do you have actually Twitter? No. I, okay. I'm not on any social media. Oh, I think okay. I have, so, a dummy, I have a dummy account for Breadbox64 on Facebook. That's because sometimes I can see on my Google an analytics that, I mean, it just skyrockets that with some power supply post or something because it was, it was mentioned there. Um, and then I'm just, I don't know, I'm, I like to snag, I guess, just to see. Who, who who wrote something about who is linking to my page? But I don't have any anything on there. It's just it's just a dummy account. So um, so no, I'm not on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or any of those uh, social media. So I have it's all YouTube your blog. Account. Yeah, I have a YouTube account, YouTube account, but that's just because I need the the videos that I show on my um, on my homepage. So <laughs> very nice social, I guess. <laughs> nice. Yeah, That's but cool. what you're pretty easy to catch by email, though. I guess that that yeah. was good enough. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll put links to in the uh, links to the website and uh, you know, all that in the description below, so people can check That's that fine. out. That's Great. Fine. So right, yeah. good. So enjoy enjoy your night. Your um, now your family is in bed, as you said, at nine or something. Exactly, it's nine thirty. Yes. So so now I'll go watch some Netflix. What's an American? Sitcom or something, right? 
<laughs> yes, it was very nice talking to you guys. It was very me nice too. of you thinking of me and let me know if I could be of any help or something if, if you sure. need something at a later time. Right, we will stay do. in touch. All right. Sure. Have okay. a nice evening and YouTube. nice day. Yeah, bye bye. Yep, bye guys. Bye bye.